0: So if you were here last week, I uh, briefly shared (laughs) that I almost burnt down my house. I uh, told you that I I had a little fire going in the kitchen. I didn't really tell a whole lot about it, but uh, to tell a little bit more, um, so I I had started a grease fire in my oven. I was broiling some hamburgers, which I had never done before, and uh, after putting the fire out, opening the windows and doors to air out my house, which was awesome on a 100-degree day, and ditching the pan outside because it was just so nasty and was really smelly. Um, I couldn't believe what happened next. Two different family members, in the midst of the chaos of me kind of trying to prevent this, put this fire out and, and, uh, and so forth, had the audacity to give me timely advice in the midst of my frustration. Um, they will rename nameless for obvious reasons moving forward, but uh, one of them told me that the problem was that I had wrapped the broiling pan in tinfoil, and if I had only poked holes in it, I would have not started a fire. And I was like, thank you for that advice. Actually, I didn't say anything. I just looked at her like, okay, thank you. And then another one told me how they don't even bother cooking when they have birthday parties or gatherings, that it's just so much easier to go out and get food and bring it home. (laughs) You know, why not just pick up some barbecue for a couple more bucks? I have to be really honest, I was angry. I was really, really angry, because I'm already frustrated because my grill's not working, and now I'm having to cook what's supposed to be on a grill in an oven, and now I've almost set my house on fire. And then to add insult to injury, they want to tell me how to do my job and basically Um, give me advice. But I was angry, but I think if I'm really honest like later as I thought back kind of process the moment I was actually really hurt by what they said. And it seems flippant. It seems kind of trivial on one level, you know, like what's the big deal? They're just giving you cooking advice. But what they said felt very critical and felt very condemning. I mean basically the message I received was you're an idiot. Don't you know anything? Though what they told me was actually to my face, I would say that in both situations, both people slandered me. Now, these are, these are small slanderings compared to maybe some other things that we hear about or we've gone through, but they're still examples of slander. And what I processed this week as I was thinking through these, these comments was I came to realize, maybe not for the first time, but kind of in a, in a profound way, pa- partly because I was studying the text that we're about to go through. But when, when we slander, when anybody slanders someone, we're really attacking and messing with somebody's heart. It's not just words that come out of our mouth and go into nowhere or just disappear or in somebody's ear and out the other. A lot of times when we say slandering things, we completely assault one another's hearts. Now, unfortunately, slander is actually a really common part of life. We don't think about that word a lot, but we are all very familiar with people saying things that are critical and condemning, saying things about us, maybe behind our back, maybe to our face, that are hurtful. We've all been the victim of that, but it's also true that we've all been guilty of that, too. We've all said things that are mean, things that are intended to harm others. And it was really interesting, so like, as I'm processing this stuff this week, God brought to mind, there, there's a particular family member that I have, that I have, not, unfortunately, not just on one or maybe two occasions, but repeatedly said things about, not in their presence, that are really hurtful. And I just, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like in the middle of driving down, I don't know what street it was now, it was probably Abrams or Skillman. I'm on those a lot, I just had to like confess to the Lord my sin and cry out to him, you know, admitting the ugliness that's in my heart, but then also pleading the blood of Christ and accepting the forgiveness and grace that I have over that. It was a difficult moment, but it was also a sweet moment because I was able to see what's in my heart, but also recognize that God doesn't define me based on that. But slander is a, is a really ugly sin, and it's a really damaging sin, but this morning what I want to talk about is why is it so explicitly forbidden in Scripture? Why do we see in multiple t- places, but especially today we're going to be looking at um, one particular passage, why are we commanded not to slander? Why why do we see that in Scripture? If you have a Bible, turn with me to James 4, verses 11 and 12. And if you need one, there's a a blue one there in the back of the pew in front of you. And we're going to look at these two verses today to find out really three reasons why we are commanded not to slander one another. And then, before we go, I want to also talk about three ways that we can avoid slandering one another. So three, three reasons why we're, we're commanded not to, and then three ways that we can avoid doing it. But I want to pray for our time together briefly, and then we'll uh, stand together as we read, read the word. So pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have of gathering here to worship and to, to be with you and be with our brothers and sisters in Christ week after week. We thank you that we are able to open your word and commune with you by your Spirit, Uh, we pray that that would indeed happen over the next few minutes, that you would come and inhabit this place, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for us today. We pray that you would speak to our hearts with clarity and conviction. Um, Lord, we long to be people who are like Jesus. We long to be people who live lives that speak of your great worth and demonstrate that you are a God of love, and that we are your children. But all too often, I'll just speak for myself, that is not the case. I fall so short of that, especially with the way that I use my tongue. And so I pray that you would speak to me this morning through this this passage, and that you would use this time to to encourage us, to remind us of, of who you are and your great love for us as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stand with me real quick, and we'll uh, read these, these two verses. This is James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says this, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge, There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? You can take a seat. So right out the gate in this verse, in verse 11, James says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Simple and straightforward. Speak evil is really another way to say slander. They are synonymous. They're, They're two different ways to say the same thing. But what Is slander? What is speaking evil? I mean, really, I would say it's anything that we say that is meant to harm or tear down someone else. Anything we say that is meant to harm or tear down someone else. Uh, This may not be an exhaustive list, but I'm just going to rapid-fire some words that I think fall under the category of slander, some things. Anytime we gossip, we're slandering. Anytime we spread rumors about people, we're slandering, talking about people behind their backs, judging others, questioning legitimate authority, bringing false accusations against someone, criticizing, condemning, making jealous statements. And I would say, oftentimes, slandering involves lying and deception. You kind of picked up on that as I went through that list. But I want to also be clear that. Anytime our motive, our purpose, or our intent with our words is to tear down somebody or to harm someone, even if what we're saying is true, it's still slander. So sometimes slander is false and sometimes slander is true. The way we really know is what's the motive, what's the purpose behind what we're saying. And sometimes, you know, it's messy. Sometimes this stuff is happening at a heart level and we're saying things and we don't even really understand exactly the fullness of what's going on. But anytime we we are speaking to tear somebody down, that is slander. And James simply says, do not slander one another. Do not speak evil against one another. But why? Look at verse 11. He says, The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So when we slander one another, we're actually standing in judgment over the person that we're slandering. And today's Old Testament reading in Leviticus 19, 16 through 18, it says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. So this is not, James is not the first one to say this. We have this all the way back in the Old Testament law. And then in verse 18, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself so the first reason why I think James tells us not to slander is because when we slander, we are judging, we're criticizing, we're condemning our neighbor, and all of these things are hateful, evil things. At its core, slandering is failing to love the ones that we're called to love. We're we're failing to love those that we're called to love. And so the first reason why we are commanded not to slander is slandering is judging one another, not loving one another. Slander is judging one another instead of loving one another. But look at verse 11, let's keep reading. James says, The one who speaks uh, speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So when we judge one another, we're actually judging the law. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, he says, But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. So anytime we slander and we speak evil against someone, we are breaking God's law. We're, judging God's law is breaking God's law. In essence, what we're saying is this law does not apply to me. I don't have to treat people with love and care. I don't have to watch my words and how they impact others. I don't have to keep a pulse on my heart to see if the things that are flowing out of my mouth are coming from a place of good or evil. When we slander, we are living as rebels, disrespectfully trampling upon God's communication to us about how He wants us to live and who we want, He wants us to be. But as we read earlier, slandering and judging are in de- direct disobedience, not only to God's law, but they're also in de- direct obedience to Jesus Himself, to our Lord and our Savior. So, if you ever think, well, the, you know, the law is one thing, but, you know, we're not bound to that, so what do you, you know, maybe slandering isn't so bad. It's directly against the teachings of our Savior. In today's New Testament reading in Matthew 7, Jesus teaches us not to judge. And we just read how slandering and judging are really one and the same. And the reason he gives us is that we are all sinners. First of all, we are all sinners, and we have no right to throw a stone to point out the speck in our brother's eye cuz we are sinners ourselves and we've got our own junk. But also he says that the way the measure that we judge is the way that we'll be judged. So we have and it has an impact on our relationship with God and and what we receive from him. And so the second reason why we are commanded not to slander is that slandering is judging and breaking the law. So it's not just failing to love our neighbor. It's also judging and breaking the law. And then let's look at verse 11, and then we'll, we'll look at 12 as well. So at the end of verse 11, it says, but if you judge the law, you are not a, <coughs> a doer of the law, excuse me, but a judge. <coughs> there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor?" So not only do we fail to love our neighbor whenever we slander, not only do we break God's law, but we also take God's position as judge, his rightful place as judge when we slander. And that's dangerous stuff. As it says, there's only one lawgiver, one judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. When we slander, we make ourselves out to be God. We take his throne and say, I got this. It's like grabbing God's arm, ripping him off of his rightful place as judge on his throne and saying, I'll take it from here. I know how to handle all of this better than you do. The only one who is able to judge, the only one who has the right to judge is God, the one who created the law and has never broken it. And the only one who has the rightful place to, who, who is able to save and destroy is Christ, the one who perfectly kept the law and is coming back to judge. So slander is wrong because it's a sin against our neighbor. It's wrong because it's a sin against God's law and it's directly disobeying him. But it's also wrong because it's an affront to the very character of the God who created us. I mean, it really catches every bucket of, you know, stupid thing to do and sinful thing to do. So we should tremble at the thought of th- trying to remove God from his throne, knowing that he is able to save and destroy, knowing that he will judge us based on the way that we judge one another and judge others. There, obviously, we know that we are completely secure in Christ but it doesn't mean that we won't give an account and we won't be held responsible for the things that we say and the things that we do while we're on the earth. It may not determine whether or not we're with God forever, but it will bear some sort of consequence. The third reason why we are commanded not to slander is because slander is trying to take God's place as judge. So those are the reasons why we're forbidden to slander, but I want to talk before we go about some just practical steps of how we can avoid slandering one another, because we've seen that it's serious stuff. I mean, I can even give more reasons, like one of the, real quick, one reason that I didn't put in here that I just want to briefly say is, slandering is one of the most dangerous things to unity and strength as a church. You want to completely eliminate your ability to be a witness, and to be effective in demonstrating who God is and telling about his love. Just be a community that slanders, because then you're completely saying one thing and doing another. So there's just one more reason why it's so dangerous. But I want to talk before we go, how can we avoid slandering? How can we avoid being people who use our tongues to tear down and harm others? What can we do to prevent this kind of stuff. I want to share three practical steps. The first one, the first thing I think we can do to avoid slandering is just simply commit to personal integrity and biblical fidelity. Commit to personal integrity and biblical fidelity. Let me say what I mean by that. Just decide today that you are going to be a person who is honest, first of all, and who has character, who's honest and has character, make up your mind that you're not going to even dabble in any type of speech that could potentially be damaging to somebody else. Just decide that you're going to stay away from anything that could even be characterized possibly as slander. Determine to be a person who lives an honorable life and doesn't take the cheap route of getting revenge by saying, 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 evil things about other people. Just choose to live a life that is above reproach in the way that you use your tongue. And the biblical fidelity piece of it is just choose and make a decision today, God, I want to honor you. I'm committed to honoring you, what you've said here, and that that means that you don't want me to slander. I see the reasons why I'm asking you today. I want to walk in obedience. I want to walk in faith in this area. Will you help me? Just commit to that. Okay, the second step, this is an acronym. Acronyms are kind of cheesy in my opinion, but sometimes they really communicate really well, and so here we go. I'm breaking one of my uh, rules. I, I'm trying not to use these too often, but this one's kind of too good. Um, the acronym is THINK. Think. And as, you, as we walk through this, you'll, you'll see where I'm going. But each letter of that word, I believe, has, has a word that we can think of that kind of is, is a filter for us as we think about saying things that are in our mind or we're processing in our heart. So T stands for true. If you have an outline there, you'll, you'll see that this is, this is in there. T stands for true. So before a word leaves our mouths, we should probably ask ourselves this question. Is what I am about to say true? Is what I'm about to say true? And if it isn't, we shouldn't say it, right? This is a real easy one. One way to avoid slander is just don't say things that aren't true. Not everything that's untrue is, is slander, but everything that's slander, or a lot of what is slander is untrue. So think about it that way. If it's, if it's not true, don't say it. H stands for helpful. So ask yourself before you say something, is this helpful? Is what I'm about to say going to build someone up? Is it going to contribute and be a blessing, or is it going to be something that tears somebody down? If it's not helpful, probably shouldn't say it. Okay, I stands for inspiring. So stop and consider before we say something. whats what I'm about to say inspiring? Is it encouraging? Is this something that is going to bless somebody, bring life to somebody? Now, I want to give a, a quick caveat on this one. Not everything that's not inspiring is slander but a lot of slander is not inspiring. And so I know there are times when we need to say things that aren't inspiring. I mean, sometimes you got to have direct confrontational conversations with people, right? Especially in the context of a close relationship, i.e. marriage. Not everything we say to our spouses is inspiring. Sometimes we got to kind of like call them on the carpet, right? But it's still good to ask the question because it helps us think before we speak and it helps us think about how we are going to communicate what we're going to say. So ask, is this inspiring? In, the next letter stands for necessary. Necessary. Ask yourself, is what I am about to say necessary? Because not everything that we think needs to be said. If Lexi was here, she would say amen, because I talk a lot, and I say a lot of things that I probably shouldn't say that are not necessary. And slander is never ever necessary. All right, finally, K stands for kind. If what we are thinking isn't kind, we shouldn't say it. We're called to speak the truth in love, right? A lot of slander would be caught before it ever happened, before it ever came out of our minds, if we took the time to stop and ask the question, is what I'm about to say kind? So we can avoid slander if we will remember to think. Is this true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? If it fails any one of those tests, might want to think twice before saying it. So those are two practical ways we can avoid slander, and they're good, they're helpful, but I want to, I want to really, really ask you to listen to this next part because I think this is the most important thing I'm gonna say when it comes to dealing with slander. If we want to avoid slander, those two steps are great, but it is absolutely important. This this is absolutely essential. We have to remember who we are and what we have in Jesus through the gospel. If we're going to avoid slander, we have to remember who we are and what we have in Jesus through the gospel. Let Let me explain what I mean by that. First of all, we're probably tempted to think of slander as a sin of the tongue. But what I want to argue is that slander is first and foremost, it is fundamentally a sin of the heart. It has its roots here, not here. This is the expression of what's here. Jesus himself says this in Matthew 12, in one of his awesome encounters where he's just going off on the Pharisees, this is what he says. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Notice that, out of the abundance of the heart. What's in here is what comes out the good person, out of his good treasure, bring forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. So the reason why we slander one another is ultimately because we have wicked hearts, not because we have a wicked tongue. It's ultimately because we have sinful hearts. And here's, here's where I think slander come, comes from. We are oftentimes fragile, insecure people. If I ask, hey, are you fragile and insecure, we may not all raise our hands. But if we're honest, in our hearts, there are times when we are fragile and insecure. And because our hearts are evil, because we are sinners, the way that we try to deal with our fragility and with the way that we try to handle that insecurity is we go around attacking other people, thinking that if I can make them look and feel worse, I'll look and feel better. It's a really, really stupid but common thing to do. You see, what I think slander is, it's this weapon that we use to try to go out and take the acceptance, the love, the admiration, the security that we don't have that we so desperately want. Slander is this wicked tool that we try to seize and grasp what we, what we want. When we focus on the gospel. We don't have to try to go out and seize and grasp for love and acceptance. We don't have to try to go and find admiration and whatever else it is that our hearts long for because in Jesus we have all of the acceptance and love that we could ever need. We have all of the acceptance and love we could ever need. We have true acceptance and true love because we have been forgiven and reconciled and we have been made sons and daughters of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. And as you, we read a few weeks ago, Sarah Joe read for us in Colossians 1, everything belongs to Him. So that means that we have everything. If we're really truly co-heirs with Christ and the universe is His, He shares that with us. So not only do we have the love of the most important being in all of existence, not only are we accepted by Him, by our faith in his son and his perfect sacrifice on the cross in our place. But we are also heirs, meaning we have everything we could ever possibly want or need. So we are sons of God, and we have all things. If we can remember the gospel and remember these truths, we don't need to go out and slander to try to get horizontally, what we already have in abundance, vertically. The gospel is the way that we wrestle and address the stuff that's in our heart that causes us to say these things that are so evil. If we want to avoid slander, we have to remember who we are and remember what we have in Jesus. So maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. You've never responded to the incredible good news that God sent his son to the earth to live a perfect life, to die on the cross in your place, taking all of your sin, taking all of my sin, as we talked about earlier and as we celebrated here in the table, so that you could be forgiven and reconciled to him. That three days later he raised Christ from the dead, proving that Jesus really is God in the flesh and that his sacrifice was pleasing and acceptable. If you've never placed your faith in Christ, and you've never come to a knowledge of him through the gospel, today I'd rather you hear me say that than you try to go and stop slandering. The first step in any of this would be coming to Christ, because you cannot obey what you don't have a heart that wants to obey. And that heart comes from trusting in Jesus. So I would much rather you hear the call to trust in Christ than to just try to reform your behavior. So if you have questions, come talk to me. Grab somebody else. There are plenty of people here who would love to talk to you about who Jesus is and how you can know God because of him. I just want to close by saying this. Slander is, without a doubt, a wicked, destructive sin. And it is something that we unfortunately, engage in more often than we'd like. But we have a Savior that is stronger than our sin, that is stronger than our slander. And if we will remember who we are and remember what we have and constantly run back to our identity in Christ and ask God to change us and transform us, I am confident that by His Spirit, He will change us and He will replace over time the wicked parts of our hearts. He will do work in there and restore us to the way that he longs us to be, and we will become people who don't need to slander because we know that we have everything that we could ever possibly try to go out and grab in, in Christ. Let's remember that. Let's ask God for the grace to be people who don't slander. Let's pray.